Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff with me, special guest, a recent grad of the program, Evan Wilder. I'll talk slow. He's from Kansas. It's going to take him a while to interpret the English. Um, that being said, welcome, Evan. How are things? Oh, just having a blast. So now, being a recent grad, uh, through your second year, even your first year to some degree, mm-hmm. you were working at a local distillery here in Asheville, North Carolina. I was. Uh, called The Chemist. Called the chemist. Called the chemist, and you had actually uh, stopped by and brought me a single malt, uh, basically crafted exclusively for their bar mm-hmm. uh, called the Antidote, the cocktail bar here in Asheville, North Carolina. Award winning cocktail bar, from what I understand. It is award winning. Um, and it is a single malt whiskey, uh, a whiskey, let's see what it says here, a single malt whiskey hand picked for the Antidote. So you had your hands all over this. Oh, my hands are all over everything now. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about this whiskey because we are going to do booze clues with it, but I've also got some other stuff that we're going to drink because, well, you're a pro, right? Uh, Yeah. Getting into my mouth. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Um, But that being said, the single malt, American single malts, I, I know for a fact that you are a um, a Scotch fan. We'll say enthusiast. Absolutely love it. <laughs> so, so says that bottle back there. Yeah, yeah. The sm- <laughs> and the smokier, the better. Oh, yes. Heat monsters. I mean, you don't discriminate. Let's. You'll try all Scotch. It's not something oh, yes. that you're going to be like, no, I can't taste that. It's not, it doesn't have enough peat or <laughs> It must be at least 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, you, you know, being working there for a while and seeing the single malt expression come out, what is this all about? Uh, so this one was a uh, recipe that was um, done up by a previous student who no longer works at Chemist mm-hmm. and uh, um, one of our how do you consultants from Scotland. So they came up with this recipe, and uh, the idea was to put it into small barrels, but it's so it's small a, barrels. What size barrels are you talking about there? All fifteen gallon barrels. So those are very very tiny. And for those of you yes. listening. The smaller the barrel, the faster the increase of color, oxygenation, extraction. I mean, it's it it the the whiskeys tend to pick up the barrel flavor and characteristic very very quickly. Mm-hmm. So you had fifteen gallon barrels, and you had a few you of them, forty two, thirty eight or forty two, something like that. Okay, so that, I mean, pretty small limited release we're talking here. There's yeah. not a lot of this stuff out there. No, there's not. And so, how old is it? So it is a blend of barrels between a year and eight months and two years and seven months. Okay. So it's all kind of just mixed in there. Well, I mean, you're getting some of the, and, and you had also mentioned that you had the barrels in different locations. Yes. So blending those little microcosms of what happened together to vat this stuff together, mm-hmm. this whiskey in the bottle, I know folks can't see it and, and hopefully soon you will be able to. As we uh, we start uh, expanding the offerings of consuming the craft podcast, we'll have a uh, a YouTube channel. So we'll be looking Ooh. on the lookout for that Instagram, uh, a bunch of other stuff that uh, that I'm excited to share with folks. But this is deep copper. I mean, yes. it picked up a lot. What were the char in the barrel? So it's a blend of number three and number four, and I think it was all number three that was in the still house where at least eight of the barrels were. So the still house got super warm. We're talking about oh, water yeah. evaporation, some angel shares, uh, major uh, temperature fluctuations yeah. day to day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're, so the, the temperature fluctuations, you got to think about 
uh, a sponge, right? Or, mm-hmm. or the, the, think of the wood as a sponge. So when you get hot, the capillaries open up. The whiskey can, is allowed to go into the barrel a little bit farther than when it gets cold, squeezes it out back into it. And so the extraction of the barrel aged flavors and the, the, the red layer that's under the char and some of the other, I mean, this is dark whiskey mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, a combined maybe, well, we got a year year and, and, and some change there. Yeah, a year and some change. When when you blend them all together. I mean, this is deep, I'd say almost deep copper. Mahogany. Yeah. Um, I am curious to see the the kind of oakiness. Uh, the smells, let's, let's get into it. Right. Uh, we poured it right away because, I mean, it's kind of what we're highlighting here, but uh, we'll... It's definitely, you definitely get a little bit, it smells fantastic. It, yeah, the smell is The smell on is point. really, really good. It is uh, very, very clear. Did you guys filter it? Yes. Okay. It's a uh, one micron or 0.2 micron. So you're talking about a 47.5% ABV by volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it smells great. Let's see. There's definitely a chew to it. Hmm. Get a little chocolate definitely some vanilla so a bunch of cherry yeah yeah stone fruit for mm. sure mm. almost some peach at the end there there is a big uh a big oak presence because it was in these small barrels i mean if you yeah. if you're an oak whiskey fan this is this is right in your wheelhouse honestly i'm gonna splash just a little bit of water in there and open it up and see what else we can find. Uh, and I was curious, uh, you know, we talked about before with all the oak in here, um, if it uh, was going to have a chill haze. And I splashed a pretty good amount of water in there, and it's still brilliantly clear. So yeah. you guys did a, a great job. I mean, there was a lot of polyphenols from the from the tannins and the and the oak. But mm-hmm. ooh, once you open that up, that's really interesting. I will say I haven't had it at this low proof yet. No, you just no. So, that's, really, this is the first time me drinking it. Oh, fun. Yeah. Now, now the rule is you don't get high on your own supply. Do you ever get tired? Oh yeah, I'm I'm tired of drinking our gin. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, as you know, my wheelhouse is more whiskey, and we're just now finally starting to release a bunch more uh, whiskeys, and should have one um, pretty standard coming up here soon. Nice grain based stuff, single malt. Mm, uh, pretty much all from Riverbend. Oh, a local local malting company. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. gonna be. It's I think it's gonna be called Chemist. Just chemist whiskey. Hmm. Wow. That changes pretty dramatically when you water yeah, it down. That you get that uh you get a lot more of that cherry. Mm-hmm. There's a, a beautiful sweetness to it, which has to be coming from the hemicellulose layer, the 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 charred sugars and the and the oak. Yeah. I this is this is very, very drinkable whiskey, yeah. unfortunately, at forty seven percent, and then you splash a little water in there. Mm, just extend its life a little bit longer yeah, yeah. I, I mean it'd be really interesting in old fashioned in Manhattan I mean there's a lot of well funny that you say that that's they're going to be their main goal for this whiskey is doing uh, their old fashions at the antidote well, with a little bit of the cherry already mm-hmm. in there I think it's a it's a good like it's a good fit yeah it makes sense yeah they're gonna this is gonna be the kegged old fashioned oh gonna nice do. nice they're gonna have it on draft mm-hmm. or, or batched basically yeah. which I think is really smart for folks Oh, yeah. um, especially with the volume that they're going through. That's the thing. If you're going through that kind of volume and you're going to have such a consistency if you can have it on, on a, yeah. a batch like that. And you can control the costs a lot more, which is in, in this industry, that's what is going to make or break any business really, specifically in the distillation side of things. Because mm-hmm. you've had you know this stuff sitting around after you've invested in the money. 
you've paid for the barrels. I mean, it's it's a lot of money up front. Oh yeah, it's you know I always tell you guys, as a former student, it's cheaper to start a distillery than a brewery, but it's way more expensive to start a distillery because you've got this return on your investment that has oh, yeah. to come in, in a in the long game. So, what got you interested in distillation? Uh, scotch. <laughs> uh, actually, I was I was visiting my my aunt and uncle, and I was just starting to get into whiskey. And he was like, "Oh, why don't you try some scotch?" And he brought out some like I was like Macallan fifteen or something. Oh, like he that. ruined you right away. Oh yeah, it was like oh my god. And so like that started a rabbit hole. And then I got I was I was so afraid to try peated whiskey that I bought one of the Brucladis gift box and had three. 200 mil bottles in there and one of them was the port char the port charlotte peated, heavily peated. heavy heavy peated. Yeah, yeah yeah and so i got into it i i tried and you it. were you were afraid at first i was afraid at first because now i would refer to you as a peat month oh yeah i mean honestly that 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 must have like either genetically or something in your brain clicked because oh you should have seen it like right when i tried it like the heavens opened up <laughs> and Opera started playing. Oh, angels I, singing! I I think I spent about five hundred dollars like that next week on peated whiskey alone. Just to just to just explore that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! And then that's actually how we started home brewing. You, just to get because that wow. So you you went to sk- these. Ju- <laughs> so you, you do exactly the opposite of the majority oh, yeah. of us, and you're not an old fella. So it's like no. this peat is such a big flavor. You don't. And it's, you know, as you age, your taste buds change, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. that being said, like, peat is a big flavor, and it's usually oh, very yeah. polarizing. It is. And you don't see a lot of, uh, on average, younger folks because of the big flavors that those whiskeys have. But it's funny, you went from these giant peat monsters back into homebrewing. Yeah. And then how did you, you find the program here? I COVID, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've I ever did. Uh, I was uh, I was working UPS and I was also in the Army National Guard. So literally, like the the second and third worst jobs during that, other than uh, being in the hospital. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so I was talking to my my girlfriend and she was like, "We we got it. We got to find something different. I'm getting tired of working sixty hours in four days and then coming back and being the, the little the little runner." Because you weren't driving. Oh, they wouldn't let you drive more than that. Yeah, okay. you can, you can't for DOT. You can't drive more than sixty hours, but you can be a helper. Oh, so, so you're you're, getting, you're you're sitting in the truck and going up to the door. Yeah, so it was just got tired of delivering toilet paper and all the just nonsense, and then um looked at some programs because I was like I may I may really want to try to do this. It's like I'm not really sure, but anything's better than this. Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. a guy that's been in the army, yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah. And then um, looked at a few things, a lot of four-year degree stuff. Um, looked at try to looked at like Siebel or UC Davis, but um, you had you had to have experience before mm-hmm. you go into the program. And I was always I was already geared towards distillation from the very beginning. Yep, I remember talking to you the first day, and mm-hmm. I you know I, I asked everybody what uh, what's kind of your goal, and you're like, I want to be a Boom. distiller. Booze. <laughs> You were like, Has <laughs> hasn't changed at all. No, it hasn't. It really hasn't. I mean, um, being from Kansas, you really focused on wheat. Oh, uh, yes. While you're here, and you, in this last semester, I think you distilled 13, 14 batches. Of- uh, well, there's nine wheat whiskeys. Yeah. And then 
seven other whiskeys back there bur- between bourbon, the Kernza stuff. Yeah, and, and you, well, and the, the Kernza was a neat thing too because you got me okay. hooked up with those guys in Kansas that were talking about Kernza. And Kernza is a perennial grass similar mm-hmm. to wheat. And we actually made a 100% Kernza whiskey, which I, I did see on the market. There's somebody out of Minnesota, Minnesota that just released one. Yeah. And then we used Kernza as a replacement for wheat in basically uh, a pretty standard bur- wheat, wheated bourbon recipe. Yeah. Uh, and we just replaced it with Kernza. And Kernza is a very, very interesting yeah. grain. Now, especially at that low percentage to be that in the forefront. Really? That, yeah. it, I mean, wheat it softens uh, a bourbon and, you know, it, it, it kind of rise a little sharper in flavor. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I look at things in like shapes because of my dyslexia. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, it's one of those, Kernza is very, very unique in its own flavor. Yeah. It's really like, what does it taste like? Well, Honestly, it tastes like Kernza, and if you haven't had it, you won't know what it tastes like. And mm-hmm. so we did some experiments. So that was thank you for that connection because uh, you're going to end up, uh, you know, going to that place and mm-hmm. seeing the facility uh, and, and talking about what we made here. Certainly, you wouldn't be transporting it across state lines because that would be um, would be illegal. So I'm <laughs> glad you wouldn't do that, uh, no, knowing of not. knowing the law. Uh, but that being said, that was a really, really interesting experience. The other thing that you did that I thought was very interesting was red wheat versus white wheat mm-hmm. and kind of singled those two flavors out. And they were pretty they, different. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah. And so, you know, your ultimate goal. Now, you told me, uh, I think in November of this year, that you're headed down to Australia. Yes. For a year. Uh, at most a year. Well, I mean, that's all the, the visa will let yeah, me yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, at the very least, six months to a year. Okay. Okay. And then you're going to... Work down there, hopefully learn some stuff. Because, we, yes. uh, you know, before this program, you told me, <laughs> you told me that you, you wouldn't have drank tequila. You're more of a whiskey guy. Yep. And now that you've gone through the program. Oh, I've, I've spent. You've dabbled. <laughs> you've, let's just say you've dabbled. Yes. Uh, in, in tequila. And, and Mr. Lida, uh, the other full-time faculty, he's a enthusiast. We'll say tequila enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, Mescal as well. And, and you, we recently found out that they're planting... Uh, agave in southern australia and they're basically creating a whole new spirit down there yeah uh with that uh, that plant which is really really cool and that again piqued your interest to oh, see yeah. if you could get down there i would be very very curious to see what some of that stuff tastes like yes i know there's there's only three distilleries at the moment that are producing agave or australian agave yeah so it would be interesting to see what the terroir or the the you know how that affects the flavor where they're planting that stuff. Yeah, that would be. Well, also, I want to see. There's only one distillery that's doing uh, kangaroo pachuga. So, they're, oh, really? They have, there is a kangaroo pachuga. So, for those of you that don't know, a pachuga is a certain type of mezcal that they hang the meat in uh, the still. So, a pachuga in Spanish means breast. And it's usually the breast of a chicken or a chicken that's hanging there. And then the steam and the alcohol vapor uh, goes through um the 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 cartilage the fat yeah yeah like like the collagen and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and some of those oils and things like go through and up and out through the uh the line arm into the into the spirit itself and they usually are are oily and creamy and and you know the Mm -hmm. smokiness they're fantastic i mean they're they're just they're they're delicious and kangaroo would be a very, very interesting because i've had kangaroo i've been to australia and Mm -hmm. i kangaroo is is delicious and they're jacked they are jacked. <laughs> Don't go down there and start boxing kangaroos. I know. Yeah, there's not there's not a bunch of fat on them. No, no, they're very very lean animals. It's very dark red meat. It, it's mm-hmm. like their version of white tailed deer, right? Yeah. So it'd be it'll be interesting to see. 
I guess the different animals mm. uh, <laughs> in spirit production. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, it, it, well, I mean, I know in in Mexico they've they they've used venison, they've used rabbit, they've oh, that used boar. chicken, that the boar. boar, they've used um, all sorts of stuff. So you know they they've made do with what they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to uh, Booze Clues Part Two because we did research first, and now we yes. have to do Booze Clues. So I'm going to pour you, uh, you know, some inspiration, hopefully, for your trip oh, yeah. um, down to Australia. And this is uh, something we had talked just recently talked about was, was tequila. And we'll talk about some of the flavors here. It's called Antigua Cruz, uh, and it is an añejo. It is 100% blue agave. Uh, this was actually brought to me uh, by a student. She had just returned back from Mexico, a trip to Mexico, oh. uh, because this whole entire program, which is working really dominantly good right now, <laughs> is about me getting free booze. So I appreciate you bringing in this single malt, and I'll share uh, here. Clink, uh, share what uh, another student brought in for us to try. What are you getting in the smell? Is this like along the coat? Because you definitely get like a kind of like a briny. You get a little yeah. of that sea salt, which yeah. I, I would. Ex- I mean, the cruise. It kind of gives me that 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 vibe, right? Like I didn't uh, know if old. it was like my mind playing tricks on me, like oh yeah, yeah, you need salt and lime right now, but no, I, I get some of that. I get a little uh, diacetyl in the nose too. It's kind of almost buttery. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that's really nice. It is. It's like, kind of like white pepper. Uh, white pepper greens perfect yeah there's a white pepper to it you get some of the agave there's a beautiful sweetness coming from i would assume some of the used barrels that they're using that brightness comes in at yeah at the end yeah it is uh wow this stuff is fantastic man i will have to thank Kay when i see her next uh 40 percent antigua cruise uh añejo um i mean she brought it back from Mexico. I don't even know if we can get this here. So, oh, that's unfortunate. Un- that's unfortunate. <laughs> it is unfortunate. I don't. Well, in 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 you know North Carolina being uh, state controlled, mm-hmm. I mean maybe you could special order it, but I think it'd be pretty hard to track down here. Yeah, I would imagine. That's the other thing I'm looking forward to when I go back to Kansas. Just all the, the openness, the variety. Yeah. Oh, it'd be wonderful. Again. I, I mean, just heading to. You know, it's funny when you go to Tennessee or you go to South Carolina and you oh, head yeah. into a liquor store there. It's just, yeah, it's a it's a, a different, a completely different world. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> so uh, after Kansas or after uh, Australia, mm-hmm. um, I mean, your whole entire capstone was talking about a wheat distillery in mm-hmm. Kansas. Is that something that's uh, still, still on the plate or? Yeah, I would still like to do something. Like that, so at least somewhere in the state of Kansas, because I mean, obviously, a wheat distillery doesn't make much sense anywhere else other than Kansas. <laughs> Which you know, you and I talking about this for a while. We've you've brought in some wheat whiskeys. Mm-hmm. I've tracked a few down, and we've tried. There's not, you know, when we say wheat whiskey, it has to be at least 51 percent wheat in the mash. And there's not a lot of them out there. They're delicious. They are. They are very, very good. Um, and I'm surprised more people don't make them. I know that wheat is difficult to handle in the mash. There's mm-hmm. no. Um, no husk in the flour. I mean, wheat, you know, the commodity of wheat is, is, is a top, one of the top 10 traded things in the world. So that like sets the price for barley and does some other things. So I know mm-hmm. that it is, 
it is a very, very important crop. And I'm really surprised where there isn't more wheat whiskeys because it's, it's, they're great. They're they soft. They're and creamy. They're, they're like a, a beautiful handshake. Yes. Uh, yeah, when it comes to whiskey, you know, it's, it'd be something that we, oh, I hate whiskey. I don't want to. It's, it's the, probably one of the best introduction whiskeys. Yeah. It's is. like an entry level, like, inter, like when you want to introduce someone to the flavor palette mm-hmm. that would be found in whiskey, starting with a wheat whiskey is fantastic. Now they they yeah. are very, very complex. Certainly, you know, we've tried some that are, um, uh, much older mm-hmm. uh, than a lot of stuff, and we tracked a few down. But you know, it's one of those things where you can develop some amazing flavors uh, from wheat, and even with the choice of wheat, whether it's red or white, mm-hmm. uh, and then how you manipulate it after that, which was really, really interesting. And one thing you really don't see on the market either is um, complexity of the grain bill of wheat whiskeys. You know, when they say wheat whiskey, the majority of it's going to be you know wheat at that yeah. point. And then you've you've messed with malted wheat, unmalted mm-hmm. wheat, uh, you know, flaked or torrified. I mean, there's a lot of different wheat products out there too. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the ones I was thinking, uh, just a couple days ago. I don't know why I woke up and I was thinking wheat whiskey, but that's how my brain works. Uh, stone ground flour. So it, mm. you liking smoke, it oh, would have some of those smoking like smoky attributes to it because the discs that spin. Without mm-hmm. that flour in there, they don't rotate. That's basically the lubricant for those wheels to spin. Okay. And it gets so hot, it gelatinizes some of the starch. And, and actually, that's why there's a lot of fires in those things, because it gets so hot from the friction. Mm. Stone ground corn, stone ground wheat, like th- some of those things have that smoke right. just intrinsically in those products. And so now... <laughs> Should have thought of this before you graduated, so you can make. <laughs> I may just do it at home or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. See well, what the ferment tastes make like. Make a mash. Well, you would never distill at home because I, it is federally illegal. Well, I don't have a still at home, well, so fair. That, yeah, fair. <laughs> at least see what the mash tastes like. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that'd be interesting to do like a stone ground Durham wheat. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I think that that would bring out. I would be just curious to try that. Maybe we'll do that next semester just to be able to get get, oh, get different flowers well and, yeah. and the other thing too is we've tried it with stone ground corn mm-hmm. and the corn does add like a smoky phenol in the distillate before you put it in the barrel so it's like hmm. adding smoke on top of smoke when you get it into these you know number three and number four charred barrels interesting yeah it's just you don't it's hard to it's not hard to find but it is uh it's more expensive so right. it'd be something that would be maybe a portion of a grain build not the whole entire thing because i don't think anybody yeah. could really I mean, that would be on a commercial scale. That would be, uh, you'd have to own, you'd have to own your own stone mill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, isn't, I, I mean, yeah, if someone wants to give me the money for it, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll be up for it. Cut him a check folks. <laughs> he is ready to go. Uh, after he gets back from Australia, cause I want you to definitely have that experience. And, and mm-hmm. there's some, uh, I think one of the, they, they, Australia recently in the spirit side of things has won a lot of awards. Yes, it has. Uh, whether it's gin, uh, there's some whiskeys that are winning, winning some big awards. Uh, I know one of the other students here that just graduated found a rye from mm-hmm. Australia. That was just fantastic. It was. It was really unique. was good. Super, super. Like the terroir of that region is going to affect the flavor of these things. And it's just kind of cool to see what's going to happen there. Um, I can't thank you enough, Evan. Yeah. Be safe when you head down. Be head safe when you head back to, uh, to Kansas. Uh, stop by anytime. Yeah, don't hope. be a stranger. I'll bring some stuff back from Australia. I will <laughs> I will drink it. Uh, not because I want to. It's because I have to. I do it for you guys, the students, yeah. the children, all the future. 
<laughs> all the future students and all the graduates, I will continue to do my part uh, to 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 uh, expand my sensory analysis. There we go. Or or drink for the kids. Um, I can't thank Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms enough for sponsoring the podcast and doing all the things that he does. Thank you, Danny. Uh, once again, this is Consuming the Craft Podcast. Thanks, Evan. Uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Cheers. <laughs>